0: And welcome to the Faith Church Podcast channel. We exist to reach people and connect them to God and others. If you would like more information about Faith Church or would like to schedule a visit sometime, visit our website at www.igotofaith.com. We can only do what we do because of the generosity of our Faith Church family. If you would like to contribute to our ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at www.igotofaith.com and hit the Giving tab. Or you can text him out of your contribution to 256-483-4991. Both of these options will send you to a safe and secure server. Your giving is much appreciated. Now get ready as our lead pastor, Steve Husky, continues with part four of his series, Don't Be That Guy. All right, Faith Church, how's it going this morning, everybody? <laughs> it's great to see you guys here. Thanks so much for being at Faith Church. My name is Steve Husky, and I am the lead pastor and it is our privilege to host you. I'm laughing at that video, normally I try to get up here, but I got caught watching because I'm just telling you, that video was accurate. <laughs> that was accurate. Hey guys, listen man, again, it's great to have you here. As always, our desire is that you'll not just sit in a service, but God will find his way into your heart. So I just encourage you, if you haven't already in the worship, just to open up your heart. We just believe that God loves us. The Bible Makes it clear Jesus revealed that God is not just a distant God up there somewhere, disengaged from humanity, but He made it known that God is our Heavenly Father. He loves us, He cares about us, He cares about where you're at, what you're going through, what you're facing, promises to give us grace and strength and hope and mercy. And so wherever you're at, if you're new to church, if you're just kind of seeking, or you've been here a long time, my heart is to tell you that God would just invade your life and invade your heart, and you would get filled and changed and renewed with God's grace and God's presence. Amen? amen come on let's one more time give it up for god so we started this series a couple weeks ago entitled don't be that guy and again it's just kind of this cultural term this tag of a way when people are acting kind of a fool when they're outside of what's acceptable what's culturally cool or relevant this tagline hey don't be that guy come on say that don't be that guy you got to highlight you have to emphasize word come on one more time don't be that guy and we've talked about just some different characters that we find in Scripture that it's obvious right from the way the story's told that that's not who we want to be. That's not how we want to behave. It's not how we want to live. And some stories that Jesus had told, some characters that we find in the Old Testament, New Testament. And So today, we're going to continue this series. But let me just ask uh, everybody, I know a lot of us in this room because we have hundreds of kids each and every week in the back. I know a lot of us here at Faith Church, we have kids or we have kids that are grown up and I know it's hard. It's difficult raising children. There's so much information we have to teach them, right? And we hate it when our kids get out in public and they forgot what we taught them, right? It's so embarrassing. It's like, you know better than that. No, I'm just kidding. Don't smack your kid (laughs) in public. Anyways, so, you know, man, there's all this stuff that we have to teach them. We got to teach them, right, how to eat, right? You just don't sit down and have a meal. You got to tell them, like, no elbows on the table, sit up straight, Right, don't don't chew uh, don't um, don't chew with your mouth open. Don't talk with food in your mouth. Right, there's all these things, and I'm just I'm glad because a lot of you you've learned that, and I've eaten dinner with some of you, and I'm glad you picked that up and didn't <laughs> chew with your mouth open. Right, because someone taught us that. Our parents took responsibility to teach us like how we eat. They taught us how we meet. That when you meet somebody, and this these are things that I've tried to pass on to our kids. That when you meet somebody, you look them in the eye, you shake their hand right? If you're especially their guy, you put, try to put something out. Don't try to break someone's hand. Some of you guys feel like, like if you break someone's hand, you're a real man. Like, like just shake the hand. Don't break the hand, right? But talk to them, especially right when you're young. It's awkward, but we try to teach our kids when someone speaks to you, speak back. You, you open your mouth. Let them know that you're there. Leave a good impression on somebody, right? How you treat people, You want to treat people the way that you want to be treated, right? You want to to be nice to people. You want to share with people. Like, these are all things when you're young kids, you just didn't learn naturally. Someone had to teach you these things. There's a lot of, like, kind of rules, a lot of things to navigate in culture that somebody has to pass on to you, that someone has to make sure that you know so you kind of fit in culture, that you're not that guy, that you fit in society. There are some other rules, right? Good sportsmanship right if you lose be a good loser don't just be a, anybody can be a good winner be a good loser i think we're losing that one in this culture right uh parents especially um there's all these things that like we need to learn here's one this is this is a big one and this is this is so important is uh, you got to respect people's privacy right when you're a young kid your parents tell you knock before you enter a door because i'm just telling you there's some things you can't unsee <laughs> Woo! So here's one though. There's there's a lot we could talk about, but here's one I think probably is the easiest. It's the most recognizable. It's the one probably we work the hardest, and it's these it's these, it's these magic words, uh, please and thank you, right? Please and thank you. They're the magic word. And here's what I want you to know right on the front, and that please and thank you are not automatic. They're learned behaviors, right? Nobody just comes out automatically um, grateful. You have to teach that. You have to encourage that. You have to remind that. Tell them thank you. Tell them please. Tell them thank you. Tell them please. We have to be reminded ourselves. And so I remember all these things that I'm sharing. I'm not sure maybe what the rules and the manners were that you were taught as a kid. But all the ones I'm talking about, those are all the things that my parents and more tried to instill in us as children. And i remember it's things that we learned i remember as a young kid i had a birthday party and when the birthday party was over my mom didn't just buy a pack of invite cards she bought a pack of thank you cards that we invited people and when they showed up i had to sit down i was probably eight or nine years old and i had to write a thank you to everybody who came because it was important that we express a gratitude and a thankfulness for those who came And that behavior right it carried on i remember graduation it was kind of a tough, a tough dig because I hoped a lot of people came because I hoped I got a lot of money, right? Come on, somebody. But the more people that came, the more cards you had to write. So it was like, I hope a, just a couple people come and give a lot of money. Like That would have been, been perfect. But right when graduation party was over I graduated high school I remember sitting down writing handwriting every single person that came every person that showed up every person that brought a gift Writing a card and it didn't it's not something I really wanted to do It's something that was encouraged. It's something you should do And it's something that I had to learn as a young kid and I continued on still today I think it's important that we are people of gratitude that as we live in this world and people help us and people come alongside of us, that when you have opportunity to thank, right, people who are part of, of, of first responders, did you thank police officers? We thank people who are EMTs and firemen. I think we ought to thank people who are good to us. We ought to thank our parents who are a blessing to us. We ought to thank, come on, there's a lot of people that we should be grateful to. Isn't that right? Can anybody here think of somebody today that you should be grateful to? And again, that thing is this, right? people don't know our hearts, but they hear our words. So we have to be intentional to go out of our way to remember what we learn and say please and especially thank you to the right people at the right time. But here's the question. Here's where we're going to go today. Does it matter or not if we say thank you to God? Now, let me just kind of hang here for a minute because First of all, I mean maybe there's some things happening in your life that maybe you don't recognize as god That maybe you're not really sure like god's in that is god a part of that And if you're here and you're a god person you're a christ follower You love god and you recognize hey god's been good to me god's blessed me god's made some things happen in my life Does do we really have to say it because even though people don't know our heart and we have to say it God knows our heart doesn't he? Right over and over jesus. It made it clear in the gospel that that he knew the thoughts of men He knew he knows our heart So do we have to say it if god knows our heart do we have to really say we're thank you And I think what you're going to find today is that when you look in the new testament We're going to look at a story today. I think what you're going to find is that jesus not only hopes but he expects Us to be people of gratitude in fact as you move past the story that we're going to look at we're going to look at another section of scripture Where further on in the new, in the new testament the apostle paul he not only promotes kind of this expectation but almost that it's a command that god commands us to be people who are grateful and so here's where we're going to really go is why if god expects us to be grateful and thankful it's something just a little bit more than an attitude it's really something that god is trying to shape on the inside of us and there's a reason behind it. And so I want you, if you have your Bible, you can uh, turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter 17. If you don't have your Bible with you, you can use the Sky Bible. And it'll be up here. Luke chapter 17 is a story, kind of cool. Here it jump right in. Luke chapter 17, verse 12, it says this <clears throat> As he, Jesus, entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance. So right away jesus kind of like what happened a lot jesus would walk into a village He would walk into a town and people would kind of swarm him people would show up where he was people wanted to be Where jesus was at and as he shows up these 10 the bible says 10 lepers And they're standing at a distance, right? They're seeing jesus coming and this is just important leprosy was a huge deal in this time It was a big deal. It's not a big deal today It's not something that happens as much today when the bible talks about leprosy Here's why it was a big deal because in the jewish culture if you had any kind of skin disease Anywhere from eczema all the way to real Leprosy, it was a big deal because you couldn't interact with people. You couldn't be a part of society You couldn't be a part of really what god was doing because what was on the outside was really what was a picture of Kind of represented like sickness on the inside and so The deal was that these guys that they had leprosy And wasn't just what they had it's what they lost Because they had a sickness, but they lost everything Because when you were a leper you had to stand at a distance You couldn't be around family anymore. You couldn't be around friends anymore. You were an outcast of society Right. They were the they were the modern-day walking dead When you see somebody with leprosy, probably these 10, they had bumps and swelling, probably sections on their ears and their face and their fingers and their toes probably were falling off and rotting. There probably was a stench and a smell. And it wasn't just a physical hell, it was an emotional hell. It wasn't just that they were sick, it's that they were again separated. And the Bible tells us this in the Old Testament in God's law about how to handle people with skin diseases or leprosy. Check this out. It says, those who suffer from a serious skin disease, watch this, must must tear their clothing and leave their hair uncombed. Modern-day Walmart shoppers. Anyways, they must, I wasn't sure if I should drop that one. I probably won't for second service. Anyways, (laughs) but you all know it was funny, right? Watch this. So So these guys, watch, it says, and they must cover their mouth and call out, unclean, unclean. So you could see by looking at somebody by this disheveled, intentional, ripped, tattered look that you would never want to get close to them because you didn't want to catch the disease they got because not not just you didn't want what they had. You didn't want to lose what they lost. You didn't want to lose society. You didn't want to lose friends. You didn't want to lose the connection with God. So it was on people with this skin disease, it was on people with leprosy, to make it very plain, very clear in the way they dressed, the way they carried themselves, and the way they shouted that they were leprous, that they were outcasts and go on the next verse it says this and as long as the serious disease lasts they will be ceremonially unclean which means they couldn't go to church they couldn't go to temple they couldn't have a god experience that everybody else was having it was up to the local priest and the local synagogue to tell somebody you're unclean and at that time if you got a skin disease if you got a rash you got athlete's foot if you had a breakout of eczema whatever it was The priest would look at it. He would set you aside for eight days, and then he would re-examine you. If you were any worse, then you were considered unclean, and you weren't allowed around until that thing cleared up. And if you had real hardcore leprosy, the chance of that clearing up was not going to happen. You were going to die an outcast. And the Bible says this. They must live in isolation in their place outside the camp. So here's the picture. Ten guys that have... Really, the only thing they have in common is the 10 guys around them because they have found some connection in the compromise of their life They have found friendship in the difficulty, but they've lost friends family everything that was important again They can't have any kind of connection with god. They're totally on the outside And the bible says this as jesus is walking in listen to this and these 10 guys they see jesus next verse It says they're crying out. I want everybody to read this with me. Jesus Master have mercy on us Come on every voice and I just want to challenge you because maybe you're going through something today and this is just a really great prayer I just want every voice if you're watching at home. I just want you to lift your voice at home I want us to say what they said Jesus master have mercy on us Now the reason this is so cool is because notice they didn't just say jesus have mercy on us or jesus help us They threw in this word master This word master is this word, and basically it means chief commander. He's the general. He's the general of what? He was the general of sickness. He had authority over every sickness. He had authority over every disease. We read over and over again about this guy named Jesus in the New Testament that he was the Son of God and he demonstrated who he was because there was nothing greater than who he was. Every sickness, epilepsy, blindness, deafness, lameness, no matter what Jesus came across, Jesus was greater than. And I just want you to know because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, what you're going through, Jesus is greater than. He is still the chief commander. He's over your sickness. He's over your circumstance. He's over your struggle He is still jesus and that's why we can cry out have mercy on me Have mercy on what i'm going through, but here's what's so cool about this Is these 10 guys remember they weren't connected? They didn't have any friends they couldn't go into town. They couldn't go to walmart and go shopping They couldn't do anything. They were always at least 200 feet away from anybody else So how did they know jesus was the master over sickness? How did they know to call out on jesus? Some people could argue and say well, they've seen things that jesus did I would disagree with that because if they ever seen that jesus could do something They would have been the first ones to call out And he wasn't just master over a handful of things. Here's what I believe with all of my heart is that there were other people that experienced the power of God in their lives. There were other people who were in desperate, difficult places and God showed up and touched them and God showed up and healed them and God showed up and changed their life. And here's why this is so important. I believe when you have a radical encounter with God, you wanna tell other people about it. And I believe that these 10 heard people sharing their story. You say, well, how could you hear a story from 200 or 300 feet away? It's because when you're excited about something, you're loud about something. I'm not quiet about things I'm ashamed about. I'm not quiet about things that I don't care about, but I'm loud about things that I'm passionate about. That means there were enough people sharing enough stories about what Jesus had done that from over 200 feet away, these 10 people found out that Jesus is the master. Here's why this is important is because part of the core values here at Faith Church is that we want to reach people who are far from God. And I believe the way that we're going to do that is for every person in this room, and this is one of the things that we talk about in Grow You, is that if you'll take a personal responsibility to share your story. Because some of you in this room, you've experienced God do some things in your life. You've experienced god heal you and help you and save you and, and and all the things that we've gone through and all of the difficulties that we have faced We've experienced the grace of god I wish somebody here would help me and talk about what god has done for you How god has shown up how god's brought you through is there anybody in this room? That's got a story that you know that god is good and it's worth sharing. Is there anybody here? Come on church that knows that he's the master I'm just I just want to dare you as we get ready to get into easter. I dare you to share your story I, you know, I don't I don't have, you, you might have questions that you can't answer There might be things about the bible that you don't understand, but there's one thing that you know Is what god has done for you? I dare you to share your story because when you share your story people that need to hear what you have gone through Will respond and they'll come to jesus the same way you did And so they see jesus they cry out, jesus master have mercy on us. Keep going And he looked at them and said watch this go show yourself to the priest Again, it was up to the priest in the local synagogue to say someone was unclean, and it was, the only pr- it was only the priest that could look at somebody and say, you're no longer unclean, you're clean now. So he says, hey, I want you to go show yourself to the priest. So they're looking, watch this, <laughs> like they got fingers hanging off, they still got some stank going on, right? They're trying to use some deodorant. It's not helping at all. Things are bad, they're still not well. Jesus says, okay, hey, go show yourself to the priest. Here's what's powerful. Read it with me. And as they went, come on, y'all say it. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. That means before anything ever changed physically, they're still standing there sick. Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. And they're looking down saying, why should I go show myself to the priest? I'm still unclean. And and Jesus is saying, no, no, no. You just need to go, just go. And so out of obedience, they go. Here's why is because so many times we want God to do things our way. And I just want you to know that God wants us to do things his way And if we're willing to do things god's way we can experience god's best when we do things god's way God's way doesn't always make sense to us, but doing things god's way in life takes faith It takes a level of trust which means god I don't know if I would do things that way and god I don't know if I really personally agree With you telling me to live that way or make that decision or do that thing but god I trust you God, I know you're good. God, I know you're awesome. So because I trust you, because I have faith in you, I'm not going to do things my way. I'm going to do things your way. And we see over and over this happen in Scripture. We're on the back nine right now of the 90-day tithe challenge. And some of you in this room, you have experienced because you're doing things God's way. Things might have already been financially tight. You might have already been struggling. But you decided to trust God, to give God the first and the best and in your obedience to god i'm telling you almost every week we hear great testimonies of what god is doing god's opening doors god's providing jobs god's getting people out of debt god's doing things in people's lives you know why because when you do things god's way you experience god's best and these guys decided to do things god's way and they started walking to the priests even though they were still sick and watch this as they went read it one more time they were cleansed of their leprosy <laughs> this is awesome keep going It says, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He was Pentecostal. He wasn't Methodist. He wasn't like, oh, praise the Lord. It's church. You got to be quiet. Right? He came back. He might have been speaking in tongues i don't know that he's excited so imagine this they're sick all ten of them they leave jesus jesus said go show yourself to the priest out of obedience out of faith of not doing things their way but god's way they're walking all of a sudden he looks down and we don't know again everything that was wrong i'm just guessing maybe some digits grew back i'm guessing maybe some some skin filled in i'm guessing at least the stink went away flies disappeared i don't know what it was but all of a sudden he looked down and he's like i'm not sick anymore and his immediate response watch this, was to go back to jesus And he's shouting praise god keep going And he fell to the ground at jesus feet. Come on shout this with me Thanking him say it one more time thanking him for what he had done And this man was a samaritan Here's what I want you to know today is you have to give jesus the position of recognition Give jesus in your life the position of recognition While there are a lot of people that you can thank for your job, for your education, for the meal you're about to eat, while there are a lot of people that you can thank for all these conveniences that we have in life, for all of the circumstances we go through, while there are so many people that we can look to and celebrate, while we can celebrate so many people for what happens here each and every week at Faith Church while I can thank the worship team that does an incredible job preparing and sacrificing and rehearsing, while I can thank the hundreds of volunteers each and every week who show up and help pull off an incredible service from people who park cars to love kids people who show up and serve in all these capacities of media and, and vip while i can thank so many people while i can thank you for your giving that, that because of your generosity you pay the bills and you help, help make ministry happen at the end of the day i'm going to thank all those people but the person who has the position of recognition is jesus it all goes back to him he's the one and so this guy falls down and he's worshiping jesus because he knows He knows the reason he's clean, the reason he's no longer a leper, the reason his life has changed, the reason he's in a different place in life is because of Jesus. And the story goes on, keep rolling. And Jesus asked, now here's where it gets real. Jesus asked, hey, hey, didn't I heal 10 men? Because remember, the Bible says, as they went, they were cleansed. Now you have to remember, Jesus is standing there with his disciples. So Jesus, he's looking at his disciples and he's asking three rhetorical questions. Hey, 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 guys, hey, disciples, hey, didn't I heal 10 men? Well, the answer is obvious. The answer, again, it's a rhetorical question. The answer is yes. Where are the other nine? Jesus doesn't care where they are. What he knows is they're not where they should be. Thanking him. Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? See, again, the Bible says this one, the 10%, the one of the 10 was a Samaritan. And what Jesus is saying is, hey, I healed 10. Where are the 10? Like only one came back. Where are the other nine? Where do they go? How come they're not coming back? Again, because what Jesus is expressing is he notices when we don't notice him. He realizes when we don't respect him. He is absolutely aware when we don't live with an attitude of gratitude. Jesus knows when he does not have the position of recognition in your life. And he's looking around, he's saying, hey, I healed 10, but only one came back. Where's the nine? Do the nine not recognize it was me? Do the nine not believe I'm the one responsible, that they're no longer sick? Where are the nine? What's going on? And again, he makes this point, this is so big. He's saying, the only person that came back is a foreigner. The only one that came back is an outsider Because the people here's what I think jesus is saying is the people who are most likely to be guilty Of not having a heart of gratitude Are not the outsiders but the insiders He's saying, he's not saying that outsiders or foreigners or unchurched people, whatever term we would use today, it's not like they're more thankful than we are. What he's saying is, if anybody should be thankful, it's the ones who say they love me. It's the ones who say they serve me. It's the ones who say that I'm in charge. It's the ones who say that, that I'm responsible. It's the ones who say that I'm good. And so if God really is in charge, if God really is good, if we live as Christ followers, then we should be the first ones to say thank you and give Jesus the position of recognition and then he goes on he says this watch this this is, this is so big and here's, here's where it gets to me the pinnacle of this story and Jesus said to the man stand up and go your faith has healed you <laughs> this is why this is important is because earlier when the Bible says that there were the ten were cleansed as they went it's a different word than healed Something something else happened when he came back this is why this is big Here's why God wants you to be thankful to him is because when you have a heart of gratitude that brings you back to God, every time you come to God, I'm just telling you, every time you come to God, you will experience more life change. Every time you come back to him, God will do greater and greater and greater things in your life. So every time you realize it was God who did it, you come back to God to thank him, God opens up your heart to do more in your life to drive you back to God to thank him so you'll come back to God so God can do more in your life. It's kind of this cycle. He's saying, listen, everybody else was cleansed, but you were healed. The word "healed" there's three words in in, in, in again in the the New Testament was written in Greek. There's different words to say different things, and the word "healed" there's three main words. This one word it's, it's where we get our word therapy. There's a second word. It's kind of just healed. Something physically happened. That's what happened when they were cleansed. This word right here here is the same word. It's the same word. When Peter was sinking under the water and the Bible says Jesus saved him, it's this word. When someone was a demoniac, when when they were filled with demonic activity and Jesus set them free, when Jesus delivered them, it's this word. When the Bible says all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved it's this word it's this word so-so and here's what it means is he just didn't have a health change he had a heart change something just on the outside didn't happen but something on the inside happened see it doesn't matter if God fixes everything that's broken outside it doesn't matter if he heals your marriage and changes your life and puts more money in your bank account and you drive a nicer car and your kids obey more it doesn't matter if everything changes on the outside but nothing changes on the inside why this guy had a radical encounter is because something changed on the inside he was healed he was made whole here's what i want you to know again when you give jesus the position of recognition watch this he'll elevate your faith for the future whoo what that means is is when you're thankful when you have an attitude of gratitude when you give jesus that position of recognition as you look back at where god has been faithful in the past It elevates your faith to look and see where God's going to be faithful in the future. See, the more I'm thankful, I can say God showed up here, God came through here, God provided here, God healed here, God made a way here. And the more I realize, and I'm thankful for what God has done, what it does is I think God's a provider, God's a healer, God's a deliverer, God has showed up in the past. And if God showed up in my past and he's the same, then I can believe he's going to show up where? In my future, i just want you to know listen the reason god wants you to have gratitude why we owe it to god to be thankful for what he's done god's really he's just trying to bless you again he's saying listen if you have an attitude of gratitude if you'll give god a position of recognition in your life it starts setting you up that no matter what you're in and what you're going through you can believe god because he's been faithful in the past he'll be faithful in the future now some of you here you saying pastor see listen man i mean hey Like, I'm in the middle of some rough stuff. If Jesus would heal me of leprosy, like, I would be thankful too. I'm just telling you he has. You say, wait a minute, I was was a leper? Like, I, there's never a time where I didn't have all my digits. And I would tell you that in the Old Testament, leprosy is a picture of sin. Because the same way leprosy decays and separates, your sin decays your life and separates you from a God who loves you and there's nothing you can do to fix it but God but Jesus our master had mercy on us is there anybody here can remember the day that Jesus had mercy on you I can remember it like it was yesterday just before we went on the missions trip two weeks ago someone came up and said Pastor Steve happy spiritual birthday because I share my testimony all the time I got saved March 19 1989 And someone had their physical birthday And they reminded me I had forgotten I usually don't That was the day I gave my heart to Christ I was celebrating my birthday It was the day that I was no longer a leper But I was made clean And something didn't just happen on the outside Something happened on the inside And I'm just telling you man That God Wants to do something great in your heart And he will leverage a heart of gratitude To bring you to that place And so here's kind of how it rolls Check this out Three words real quick I want to give you recognize remember rejoice say that recognize remember rejoice the bible says as this man went all of a sudden he seen that he was healed he recognized something good had happened can I just ask around this room? Does any I'm not saying everything's perfect. I'm not saying you don't have some things that are jacked up right now. I'm not saying there are some things that are out of order. But does anybody here today have something they can look at their life? Maybe it's their spouse, their kids, their job, their health. Is there anybody here today can look and see that something good is happening in your life? Come on, make some noise in for God. So we recognize, we recognize what we have. We recognize where we're blessed. We recognize where things are going well, where things are going right. While I can thank my professors and I can thank my boss and I can thank my friends, while there's so many people that I can be thankful to, ultimately we want to give Jesus the position of recognition. We want to remember it was him and then we got to come and we got to rejoice. We got to come and we have to say thank you. This guy came back and fell at the feet of Jesus. And it's not just remembering stuff. A real attitude of thankfulness is not about stuff. It's about a who. It's not about what you have. It's about who gave it to you, who blessed you with it. If all you do is list, things, uh, list of, uh, give a list of things that you're thankful for and it never brings you back to remember where it came from, that's not real gratitude. It's all about a who. Not about a what. It's all about what God has done for you, not just the stuff that He's done, and it's about driving us to this place, man. Where we're really grateful. We're really thankful. We were in uh, in Honduras, y'all know that. This past week, and it was kind of cool. I was working with one of the guys that um, his his name is Tim Russ, and I'll give him some credit because I knew I was going to preach this message and. We were talking about uh, just be, having an attitude of gratitude about giving Jesus the position of recognition. He dropped something on me, and I'm going to drop it back on you. I'll give it to you. It's free. You can thank him for it. It's not mine. He said, one of the things that I try to do on a daily basis when I'm driving down the road, he said, when I get a green light, I thank God for all the good things that are happening in my life. And when I get a red light, I stop, and I look around, and I try to think, what is it that I've not remembered to be thankful for? And so as we were coming back, because there's some crazy, like in Honduras, when they shut down, they are, they're doing road traffic. Like one of our stops, to stop while the traffic went through was like almost an hour. <clears throat> and so you're sitting there. And it was cool because we got most of the green lights on the way back, which is why I'm here today. And we called our flight. Thank you, Jesus. Because while I love to go to Honduras, I was glad to leave Honduras. Um, but we got stopped one time for 45 minutes. And it was funny because I was thinking sitting in the car. And then we talked about in the airport how we got all green lights. It was a lot to be thankful for in Honduras. A lot to be thankful for what God was doing. But stopping there, stopping to look around and realize. And so we got we to gotta recognize. Recognize what God has done. What's good is happening in our life. Remember who it came from. Who did it? Who's responsible? And come back, man, and rejoice. And so remember what I said. It's not just something that it's, it's expected. It's commanded. What's God's will? That's one of the biggest questions I'm asked over and over again as a pastor. Hey, like, what's God's will for my life? What people are saying is, should I date this person or this person? Should I go to this school or this school? Should I get this degree or this degree? Should I take this job or this job? Should I buy a house or should I rent? Should I lease a car? Like, what's what's my purpose? What's God's purpose for my life? Should I go into ministry should I not? This is one of the biggest questions I could ask the pastor. What's God's will? Do you know God's word tells us exactly what God's will is? First Thessalonians, check it out. You're going to love it. Be thankful in all circumstances. Say it again. Be in for this is God's will for you. Y- y'all be, should be writing it down. See, listen, it doesn't matter about your boyfriend, your degree, your education, your job, your car. None of those things matter. First, you don't start with an attitude of gratitude and be thankful for what you already have. Be thankful in all circumstances. Three things real quick. Be thankful. Be thankful. That means, again, where we started, it's not automatic. It's a learned behavior. It has to be Intentional. You have to really be deliberate. You have to think, today I need to stop and be thankful. I need to stop and recognize and remember and rejoice. Now, you might be here and say, Pastor Steve, because I'm this way, there are things in other people that sometimes I'm jealous about. Anybody else this this way? Like, I look at people that are good at things. I look at some people, like, I'm not not athletic, but I'm not as athletic as as a lot of people are. I wish I had more natural athleticism. I wish I had more uh, singing ability. I really wish I could sing. I think I can sing as long as the music's loud enough. Until the music goes off, then I realize why Archie doesn't let me sing, right? There are some reasons because I, I, like, I look at other people, and maybe you're here and you're saying, Pastor Steve, like, I'm not just an outgoing person. Like, I'm not never going to be the guy. I just want you to know, you have to work at it. You can be the person who's thankful. You can be that person if you're intentional. And the Bible gives us lots of ways you know when you sing. The Bible tells us in Psalm 34, that's part of our our gratitude when you sing. So if you show up and you say, I'm that's not a singer. What you're saying is, I'm not a person with an attitude of gratitude. Because I'm just telling you, singing is part of the way that we recognize that God has been faithful in our lives. When you serve, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 13 that part of the reason we serve is to express our gratitude to God. When you're tithers and givers, you're not just paying bills and buying buildings and remodeling lobbies. You're saying, God, I'm thankful that you're my provider. And I trust you with everything I have because, God, you've been faithful in the past, and I know you'll be faithful in the future. Yeah. Prayer. Stopping and talking to God. Again, I ask the question. I'll give the answer. Doesn't God know my heart? He does know your heart. But he still mandates that you say it. God knows if you're sorry if you sin or not. He knows But you know the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9 that if we confess with our mouth, if we confess with our mouth, if we tell God, God, I'm sorry, if you'll come and you'll say it, God, I'm sorry, then he's faithful to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So even though God knows your heart, he wants to know that you're humble enough to really recognize him. And so be thankful. Everybody say that. Be thankful. I'll give you a thing I got real quick this past past week in honduras it was funny i knew a couple months ago i was going to preach on this this past week i got to work with a guy uh, tim russ man I had a lot of fun with him one of the guys on our site and we were talking about just being thankful it just came up in conversation i didn't bring it up and he gave me something i'm gonna give it to you this is free you don't have to pay for this or nothing here's what he said he said you know pastor Steve, he said i found out this is what i do he said when i drive through town that's when i spend most of my time with god he said, and I go red light, green light. If I hit a green light, I'm thankful for all these things that God's given me. He said, as I hit a green light, I start thinking about what am I thankful for. Because nobody's thankful for a red light. Everybody's thankful for a green light. Whoever timed the lights going down, Cox, uh, or uh, right they need hung by the toenails. Because they timed them so you hit every stinking one of them. When you hit a green light, you're thankful. But then he said this. He said, when I hit a red light, I stop and I think about what should I be thankful for? What should I be thankful for? And so we did that on the way. It was so cool. On the way, traveling from where we were at back to the airport, it ended up being about a six-hour drive. There was a lot of traffic. It wasn't red and green lights, but it was stop traffic and flow traffic. It was kind of cool because we would stop and just thank God. Like mentally, I was thinking about what he said. And when you have free access, man, just praise God for what he's done. But be thankful. This week, be thankful. This week, be thankful. This week, just be thankful. In all circumstances. Everybody say all circumstances. Now, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of circumstances I'm not thankful for. The Bible doesn't say be thankful for all circumstances, but in all circumstances. Which means this. A lot of times we're thankful if it worked out. I'm thankful if I got the job. I'm thankful if I got in the program. I'm thankful if I got a raise, which means we're not thankful unless it works out. And I'm just telling you, it's not our circumstances, but it's God's character that drives our attitude of gratitude. I just know that if I'm in a bad circumstance, while I may not like the circumstance I'm in, I know I'm not in it alone, but God's with me. I know God is good, and God's working it together for my benefit. And again, it's saying, don't just be thankful in all circumstances, but be thankful while you're in the middle of it like right in the middle pastor you tell me i should be thankful for cancer no should we be thankful for terrorist attacks no should i be thankful that my kids are living wheels off man i've not seen them. son's addicted my daughter man she's i'm not saying be thankful for those things and right in the middle because while god determines what we go through you determine how you go through it and when you walk through it again watch this with an attitude of gratitude, putting Jesus in the position of recognition. God, you've been, I don't know why I'm in what I'm in. I don't like what I'm in. But God, you've been faithful in the past, which means God, you're going to bring me through because you're going to be faithful in the future. And thankfulness, man, it changes and shifts what you're going through, it changes and shifts what's in your heart. Listen, we don't need an outside change, we need an inside change. And that happens with thankfulness. I remember several years ago, we went to. Um, uh, went to disney and i've talked about disney i've been there one time and that's enough come on somebody i know some of y'all got the tattoo and you go back like three times a year once was enough and we got there and it was kind of cool you know our family's there we were there with some friends but the very first day first morning there we wake up and i had bought some new shoes for disney because there's every like every reason is a good reason to buy some new shoes so I bought some new shoes, and I had not tried them on. I just figured they fit. They're my size. So the morning comes, I put on these shoes, I strap them up, and we start walking. And everybody knows Disney, you got to walk everywhere, the kids everywhere. It is like, it's the Department of Motor Vehicles for Children. That's what Disney is. And so we start walking, and we got to walk forever to catch this tram. And my first step, as soon as I start walking out the door, I can feel these shoes are rubbing on my heels. In every step, I'm like, man, this don't feel right, but we're already left. I don't want to hold everybody up. So the further we walk, the more miserable we get, but I don't want to turn back because I don't want everybody waiting on me. But I reached this place where I'm like, I cannot walk like 10 hours in these shoes. So I told everybody, guys, you got to stop. I need to run back. So everybody's got to wait on me. So, and I hate people waiting on me and I hate waiting on people. <laughs> Some of you need to write that down. <laughs> So I run back, by the time I get back to this truth, I got I take off these shoes, I got huge blood blisters on the back of my heels. So I put on new shoes, my feet are sore. It's like early, but it's already getting hot outside. Lines of kids, like I'm miserable. And I'm the kind of person, if I'm unhappy, I'm making everybody unhappy. We're gonna be unhappy together. And so, like, I'm telling you, I'm not enjoying anything. Every, it's like popsicle. I want popsicle. I want some ice cream, Dad. Wait, that's $9.50 for, like, is there, gold? is there money in the bottom of that ice cream cone? Like, what is in the, Did Mickey Mouse make the snow cone? That's so every, and so I'm unhappy about everything. And that night I got back and I remember thinking, like, listen, a friend of ours blessed us, he paid for the trip and let us go. I'm there with my friends. I'm there with my family. I'm there in the happiest place on earth, supposedly. (laughs) It's beautiful weather. Everybody's there having fun. And I'm miserable. Do you know why? Listen, psychologists have done study, and the power of the negative in our life is always greater than the power of the positive. For example, losing $50 hurts more than finding $50 feels good. And so it just takes something negative to throw us off. And I just determined that night... God, you've blessed me with a free room. I'm at Disney World hanging out with my friends in great weather. I got my kids with me, my wife with me. I got my health, and I'm complaining because I got some sores on the back of my feet. Are you kidding me? And I just decided I'm going to have an attitude of gratitude because God's good, and it's just changed the rest of the week. I probably had a little attitude some, but y'all, y'all feel with me. And so here's what I want to tell you, we're going to close. Listen, right here. If there's something that you currently have that you would pray to have if you didn't have, you should be thankful for it now. Man, I wish I had a house. God, I wish I had a job. God, give me a job. Man, I wish I had found someone who loved me. God, I wish I had my health. Man, there's some people who don't have kids. God, I don't have a kid. wish I could have some kids. Most of you in this room got everything I just named. There's something that you have that if you didn't have, you'd pray to have. You should be thankful you got it right now. It's not just about being thankful. It's about coming back to the one who gave it to you. And the more you come back to him, the more you encounter who he is, it changes how you see where you're going. It's like God set us up. That if we'll just have an attitude of gratitude, God says, I'll get you through even more.